the reason why 20 to 30 percent of advertising workforce left the industry in the past two years is that because they apply a lot of their learning our industry to actually do something that you know more purposeful and meaningful yeah. and what they learn is incredible what i learned from our industry is that perceived value and perception can actually change humanity. Welcome to 99 Humans. My name is Jeff LaCosta, curious coach and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, striving to understand how little things generate big impact. And I'm Nadia Carta, tech executive and lifestyle coach with a mission to transform lives and corporations by kindling hearts to generate a zeal for life. Each week, we investigate stories about the human side of leadership to re-energize your spirit and help you become a stronger leader. Because the reality is that leadership is messy, goofy, challenging, but always human. Thanks for spending time with us today. Let's dive in. I started my journey, you know, my dad is the gold medal list scholar, you know, who won scholarship from Thailand, went to Oxford where I was born. So he was, uh, he studied at Oxford for seven years. So my child, you know, his study was so intense that he has to send my mom and myself home as a, as an infant. But you know, what I think the starting off point is that I think regardless of where you started life, you know, there's always a sense of belonging started there, right? You know, my mom missed home every day. My dad sort of, you know, anchor his belong self, belonging self to the study. And he wanted to come back to be a professor, you know, to kind of bring the Western wisdom or, you know, insight to help improve the country. And later he accomplished that. So he wrote all the legal textbooks today. You will see his name on legal textbook from high school up to master degree. He has his name on the, the library. So to that is my first lesson that I want to share with you guys is when someone dedicate themselves for serving, purpose. It's easy to see. It's easy to see my dad is always teaching, is always serving, you know, at the cost of knowledge. His lesson for me is that knowledge is like candles, you know, you light one, you pass it on to other candles, you lose nothing but the world gain brightness. And I think it's very unselfish, you know, you know, he has to be a part and I grew up seven years or eight years of my life without him. So I stay with, with my grandmother. So I, you know, my grandmother grew, uh, grew to be 106 years old. So she was, uh, she's an incredible woman, single mom. I raised three kids and, you know, raised me as well. I have all traditional Thai dancing growing up. I can tell Ramayana story from backwards. And, you know, and she used to work in the royal kitchen. So cooking, you know, every time we go to, to the backyard, she will have to teach me how to pick the best bamboo shoot, for example, how to, you know, de-poison it, you know, put it in the, you know, chemical solutions overnight, et cetera, et cetera. But the theme continued for me that, you know, when you dedicate your 
life to serving others. I get to see that thread throughout. You know, my dad, my mom, who's also turned to be a researcher, nurse for cancer institution, Thailand. And they both really serve, you know, greater cause and, you know, and they have their own belief to make the world better. So continue from there. That's kind of, you know, my early life growing up in Thailand. I went to be military for three years. It's kind of mandatory. Then I drove a tank a little bit, you know, mess up on the test bomb. Just uh, that little thing, just driving yeah, a tank. Yeah, I just, you know, I didn't throw it far enough. Then I got shot, you know, <laughs> kind of paralyzed on the floor a little bit. But it's continued kind of serving, right? You're serving the country. I was, I was a student president for many years since my high school up to, up to university. And that continued to be a threat throughout. And, you know, then I went to become a Buddhist monk for two years. And then you serve the greater purpose, you know, um, traditional Thai. believe that when you become a monk, you help send your loved ones and your parents to heavens. But also you cross over from being a boy to be a man. And another thing that I think is important for this story is that when you are a monk, you get to pick your, your specialty area and i picked death because that was fascinating to me it's a known fact that everyone try to ignore but it's actually guide us you know into your know, everyday life without knowing it i had to sleep you know stay overnight in graveyards uh, scare me to death but that's kind of learned to who for you to give yourself up in order to serve others and i think what's really led me to believe out of all of these is that People around me has purpose. It's not about saving the world or purpose. It's not about something that super big and honorable. It's very simple that, you know, in everyday life, you serve yourself, you know, in the morning, groom yourself, get yourself ready. And from nine to five, you serve others. And then, you know, then you come back to yourself at the end of the day. And that remained consistent. You know, I think that I've seen people I'd look up to kind of have that routine. And you do it because you know it's the right thing. You know that's, you know, something that, you know, uh, people who are bigger than you, you know, bigger than my life, people who gave my life kind of show the way. And you trust it, right? You trust that, you know, serving others kind of, you know, give you a sense of purpose. So I went to chemical engineering school four and a half years. It was a five-year course. At this university, we partnered with MIT. That's how I get to exposed to professors and, you know, Western world. And then I came to UC Berkeley. I couldn't speak English one word. I met with my ESL professor for the first time. He felt so bad for me. He asked me to move in downstairs. I get to know him and his wife and we grew to be a family. So, you know, he's my father today. He's 86 years old. I retired in Hawaii. The mom's also a professor, but she already passed from cancer. And like I, I said, you know, people around my life, including my American parents, also dedicate themselves to serving others. And I think it's so noble. It's so humble that you're not changing the world, you know, at large, but you're changing the world from inside. And I think that attitude, it's really respectable to that attitude never change. These people until my last, I see my dad, his last breath, he's still thinking about, you know, the library he has, you know, in his house, he has tons of books. He's still thinking about donating it to university, you know, and 
I think that's is that is you know kind of leading story into what I'm about to say, which is when I'm here, I have very little to offer. You know, being a foreigner, you have language barrier, you have knowledge barrier, you have cultural barrier. You don't, you never know where you stand in different group of people or different individual. You don't know they, how they think of you. So I tell my kids this: when everything else changing so drastically, one thing that remains constant is you. And the best thing to do to find you is have everything else change so drastically, and things will stick up. And that's true to me in all the projects. You know, when you can see that the company, the country going to hyper mode because everything else is changing in uncontrollably, you know, rate. And that's what that's why we have our eyes forward, you know, as the biological and you know structure, because we observe and we take in and we reflect. That constant, and that started when we are seven years old. You know, I think there's a TED talk that talks about if you ask a three-year-old cl- class who's the strongest in this class, everyone will show hands. But when you go to a class with seven-year-old, they start saying, "Oh, Bob over there is the strongest because he ran the fastest, or he scored basketball the most." So when we have these kind of perception receptor, if you may, we grew to have it. We overuse it, and I think we forget the three-year-old self, where we said, "Hey, let's have the interpretation about ourselves rather than." You know, taking everyone else's interpretation of ourselves, and that's remain imbalance. So, being a, a foreigner and you know have a fresh perspective, we have to reinvent the way we define ourselves in the foreign world, and that's really huge advantage. And that's where I think the theory of impact leadership comes in. That you humble about your impact. You want to make real impact. You don't want to create that. You're going to change the world. You're going to change the company. You're going to change the bottom line. You, but you make that impact so achievable to you, and so close to you. So, such as training one person, or help bring clarity in one specialized area to your organization to unlock, or you go, you know, kind of. Dedicate yourself to solve very complex problem that you know others can't, you know. And this one little things, in my opinion, it's an impact theory of mine. For example, my Hawaiian dad make a huge impact in my life. Just having me moving downstairs and have you know just talk, you know, he always correct my pronunciation still today. And those little things is so noble. And so impactful. It changed the course of my life. Now I have to, you know, my own kids who speak brilliantly in English and also can speak French now. Too, the younger one can speak Japanese because you know because she's an animator. You know, online she has her own YouTube, and you know she's 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 making friends overseas. However, you can see that little impact is what we. Understand very little of, 
when it comes to transformation, which is the, you know, we do the same thing. We throw resources against a big goal. We addicted to growth that is such an enormous and uninvited. So you start screening people out based on our own credential. And that's what I think it's, it's the signs of broken educational system today. We screen the best out of the class. We're not inclusive. We use one way of judging people, you know, whether they fastest, whether they learn the best, whether they are more diligent than others. And these metrics are not fair because it's lack of individuality. And I think impact leadership takes a different approach and say, what can you impact today? If you can't impact bottom line, you can impact brands. If you can't impact, you know, today you can impact training. You know, we are great in different areas that made up of great things. And that's in, in my opinion, as the world grow more complex, we have to enable these impact metrics, you know, to be a lot more granular and a lot more atomics than what we've seen in the past. And I think that's where I want to pause. There's a lot in information. You guys think I'm going the right way. I'm just shooting for whatever, you know, comes to my mind. So I would listen to you for hours. Absolutely. So it's fascinating. <laughs> I guess that, I mean, and I want to still suggest perspectives. I know you so well, but I'm always fascinated by how you're able to merge such spirituality and wisdom with, I mean, advertising. <laughs> like you, you basically work in the biggest advertising industry in the world, which is, could be such a cold job, you know, in corporate America, yep. um, you know, white corporate America, let's face it. And, you know, if I think about our readers, you know, as they read your page and so spiritual, how do you find the motivation to work in corporate America? Because you're so deep, Eka, and the, you know, the work that we do, I mean, sometimes I'm like, we're not saving human lives. So how do you get personal satisfaction out of your job when you as a human, you're so beautiful and deep? Oh, I'm flattered. I think capitalism is outdated. You know, we can find, you know, the cry for adding human elements into capitalism is key. It's not about, you know, donating to clean the ocean because that will continue. I think human will, will do that. But everyday life, everyday job, nine to five is over. And it's been over for a long time. It's only need COVID to come and remind us that, you know, there's a different ways of working. But I think... To answer your question is that in my small ways, I think, you know, I can, I can go back and kind of tell myself and tell my kids that, you know, a foreigner didn't know anything about, you know, advertising to begin with, couldn't speak English, has now have trained so many people in Facebook, you know, in publicists, in Group M and in WPP. They are, I mean, high up there for sure ranging from compliant officer you know to to product manager to svp of marketing somewhere and because of you at some point where you intersect with them you help unlock or you know open opportunities which i didn't have and i think that reward of kind of 
giving it forward, you know, paying it forward because you can, because you're in the position to, is definitely something that I think there's no concept like that in capitalism. That's why the future, it's so scary. You know, that's why it's future. It's so everyone trying to control it, but because we never invest forward to help build better capitalism, that's why we in here. And I think the rewarding is at least from myself to create new jobs. You know, we have over 1400 opening <laughs> position that we can't fill yet to create, you know, knowledge. You know, when I first started in programmatic about 12 years ago, there's no job in programmatic. And look at that one field that create well-paid job, you know, in our industry today. People find it lack of purpose in advertising because it's such a privileged industry. It's focused on intangible value. And now we are in this stage where we try to make that tangible value. Same as capitalism, I think when the credit you know, system created, when you know, capitalism kind of exploded into tangible value of money, it's in parallel, right? Programmatic digital transformation going through the same thing as our economy and capitalism went through. But I think it's going to pave the way in the sense that one day advertising you know, will help change the world for the better. It's not about for goods. You know, there will be a mechanism of payment or salary or his own economy about climate change, about humanity. You know, people are going to find jobs in that because we figured this out. We figured out the most intangible industry that trying to find a tangible route. And I think everything else and what we learned today in our industry is going to pave the way for more good things because that. And I think... The reason why 20 to 30% of advertising workforce left the industry in the past two years is that because they apply a lot of their learning our industry to actually do something that, you know, more purposeful and meaningful. And what they learn is incredible. What I learned from our industry is that perceived value and perception can actually change humanity. And that's what's really powerful about this industry that, as long as we know it is powerful weapon is that, you know, social media born from it, you know, all the media, you know, that is going to help shape the world in the, you know, in the future are born from it. And we used to get paid by brand, but how advertising industry going to get paid in the future will not come from that single source of income. Mm. So we're not selling goods. We're selling movements, we're selling cause, and we're going to be selling knowledge. You know, you can see podcasts, you can see how YouTube actually, you know, make the metrics world, you know, Keanu Reeves learning become very real today. You can learn anything. You can be anything you want with the courses readily available. And I just told my daughter to take the data analyst, data science class from Google, like six months but it's a free and most valuable degree today that I've seen. Cool. And I think that's an example of something good coming out of advertising because we're gonna change 
We're going to change the way we learn. It's not about the way we sell products anymore. We're going to change the way we tackle challenges as humanity because the message is going to go global. We already connect the dots, you know, and I think the foundation that we are doing today is going to be incredible. We just don't know it yet. I know we only have a few minutes left, but this last thing you've said really sparked an idea for me because I love the idea of shifting what we're getting out of work to be about value and purpose and it connects to the impact leadership. 100%, yeah. And you have so graciously shared the many people who have helped shape your worldview in this way. Yeah. I'm curious if you think back on your career, is there an example of a project or a person where you feel like you were able to sh to really make a difference with this leadership style in that person or project. Yep. So a lot of folks coming into marketing or you know advertising accidentally. I don't think anyone born to be like I'm going to grow up to be an ad man. True. Right. And I think advertising industry have helped so many people get in because it's so open. The barrier of entry is so low. Then they come in and they found their purpose because they learn how to turn perceived value into the tangible value that I was telling about. They didn't know it yet. They came in as a marketer. They came in as you know ad, and they work nine to five. And then whatever they learn, because it's so efficient, you know, we have to convert something that is air, create value for it, and then prove ourselves every time. Not a lot of engineers has to do that. Not a lot of doctors has to do that. They have a purpose-less, you know, purpose-let nine to five or, you know, leading their day. They know exactly what they actually, they see it, they're tangible. It's so hard to work with intangible stuff and then discover purpose later. The same A to B, but it's very, very different path. So a lot of people that I've trained has grown their own passion, go out and start their own startup, you know, in telecommunications and other things, other areas, and apply what really, how to make intangible or perceived value, change people's mind, and then create tangible value out of it. And I think, you know, people don't see it as that. We work really hard, you know, to get that tangible value story. And I think we are brilliant people. I still think we tell great stories. We move, we make movements, we change perception. And if that can be doing for good, I think it's going to be incredible movement because we can move masses. That's what we can. Other cannot. I think that's beautiful. I, I want to respect your time and see we have one one minute left. If there's a piece of advice that you would want to share with folks who are kind of reading and experiencing your story here, what would you want to leave them with? I think the path to change need an additional element. I think there's a lot of things on the path, you know, path of change. We're not going to be able to see. Not everything's going to be able to be measured. Not everything's going to be able to be visible to us. And we're going to get scared. And, you know, it turns a lot of le leadership to take that fear-based management route. And those is a way of gaining control. Right? What I think the piece of advice is, we need a single element. Is we need us in it. 
us, which is human, have faith, has feelings, has gut feeling, has lucky number nine, has the, you know, the way to show love through power of stones, right? And I think without those, you can scientifically engineer anything. And we're gonna find ourselves in a very, very taxing situation because we left ourselves out of it. And I think, you know, all we can be is be you within your own environment. That's all your job is. You have to be yourself and insert yourself and dedicate yourself to serving as you and not as an analyst, not as a manager, or not as a team leader. It has to serve people as who you are. I love that. Thank you so, so, so much for spending time with us. That is like such a powerful thing to, to end the 30 minutes on. <laughs> Sounds great. So Thank good luck. So yeah, good luck with the book. Any things you wanted to bounce by me, I'm, you know, I'm always here, of course. And we will surely yeah. let you know. And I'm going to see you tomorrow the day after. So that's my excitement. <laughs> Bye. Ciao. Thank you so Bye. much. Thanks. Talk to you later. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye.